What up artists? My name is Dwayne Jones. I'm the creative director and founder of a lifestyle brand called Art Pays Me. This is the Art Pays Me podcast and I'm passionate about finding ways that people like you and me can make a living for ourselves off of our creativity and you know maybe we can make the world a better place at the same time. Let's get into it. All right, Ryan. Ryan uh, Veltmeyer, is that how I pronounce it? Yeah. Okay. So thank you for doing Art Pays Me. Uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah, so our, cross, our paths have crossed multiple times in the last couple of years through changing the narrative and all the different things that you're working on. So what is it exactly that you do? Uh, well, I'm a musician and, um, and a youth worker um, by trade. And about eight years ago, um, I kind of put those two things together and co-founded Youth Art Connection, YAC. So most of my time now, um, I spend running a small organization. Uh, and primarily, we're uh, supporting young artists to uh, learn, uh, we'll say, how to make art, make money, make change. So mm-hmm. using their existing art talents and skills and adding, helping them grow businesses and grow projects that can um, make their communities or the world a better place. The art is a great tool for both of those things. Yeah. And you're based out of Halifax. Yeah. Although sometimes I tell people I'm based out of my car because I do a lot of work <laughs> in Cape Breton and around the province. Okay. So uh, I didn't know that. So I, I assumed you were primarily based in, in Halifax. But I saw like one of your alumni is Moose, and so he and he's from Cape Breton. Is that kind of how people like him came on board? Yeah. So the Cape Breton connection, and eventually the rest of the province to Yarmouth, Clare, Bridgewater, some other spots. Um, wow, 2013, we had a chance to bring uh, some youth from around the province to this thing called the Creative Economy Conference. In it was in Sydney. Um, so we went up there and met this guy, Gavin Shepard, who founded the Remix Project and kind of saw what was possible on like a big level for really supporting artists to export and be very professional. Uh, actually, and that's where I met. We brought Maje, Alex Ross, Jordan Williams, Delton. A few people came with us on that trip. Um, and yeah, it was very eye-opening. Bailey, I met Moose, I met some of those guys. And right after that, we created the Artpreneurs Program. So we were hearing from a lot of young artists. They just had a lot of talent. Some of them were making money or trying to, but they just needed sort of some early support, just thinking like a business, tackling some of the basic things, how you stay organized, how you talk, how do you keep your purpose and your art at the center um, while you're also trying to make money. Um, so yeah, so a lot of those guys were our, the pioneers and helped us figure out together um, what does introductory business training look like for um, very talented young artists. Right. So what's like, what, what would you say the biggest issue is for a lot of these young artists? Is it uh, like where to start in terms of creativity or are they just kind of beaming with, with their own things and they know what they want to do creatively? It's like everything else. Yeah, I think you're right. Like, like I see so many people with a ton of talent, with a strong voice, 
mm-hmm. um, creatively like they're expressing themselves and like they're already doing that um i find it's more kind of where do you take that what do you do with it so like a lot of the business training that exists that youth might have access to that you know we started trying to figure out if we could work with that stuff with, with the materials or the programs um there's a bit of a challenge for artists around how you frame up business mm-hmm. most of the entrepreneur development or business training it's like it's uh, the, the messaging is like you want to work for yourself and be your own boss and uh you know um you know like be in charge and you want to make money cool we're going to show you how to do that and then it's like hey what's your idea for making money whereas most artists like create for other reasons like we start off creating because it feels good because it brings us together with people because it's healing for ourselves or for others but there's there's a different motivation for artists so we usually start creating and then we get good at stuff get a voice and start to develop that self-expression and then kind of later like, oh uh how can i make money from this like oh i got some kind of a business so it's like that disjointedness between how most business trainings offered and where artists are coming from like that's one of the biggest barriers and then otherwise there's there's lots of other stuff too right like most young creators i find too are kind of hesitant around money and around or feeling like they're worth asking for money and that they people are actually going to give them invest in like their services and products like being like oh yeah cool this is really worth cash i'm gonna ask for it so people are like oh no don't worry about it like we kind of sabotage ourselves because there's this weird relationship with money and, and a lot of people will do stuff for free and and that can be good business even a good thing to do mm-hmm. but also like there's a point when that, that should end it should be like yeah i do really great work i'd be you know happy to sell it to you um yeah so there's things that self-confidence or that's being able to act like that otherwise networking like who do you talk to and, and communication skills like for you know, trying to sell your clients or trying to get grants or trying to get investments and like there's all these kind of confidence and skill sets and communication tools that people need um yeah and then otherwise it's all the basic business stuff i think right it's like knowing who your audience is and how you communicate with them and sell stuff to them and what's your plan how do you measure the money your costs and your expenses and how do you know if you're actually making money yet or not goal setting like there's all those kinds of things that are kind of universal skills yeah yeah especially the artists it's that we self-sabotage ourselves or we're, we we don't want to have to make money but we kind of we're dragged to it because we need to eat somehow yeah <laughs> so it's like that's the biggest hump like get over that because once people are over that and they're like okay cool my business then the whole world opens up right then you can go to like business things and chamber of commerce and business events and like feel like you belong there you know yeah yeah so how did you kind of fall into this you you're a musician uh that's your 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 creative practice so did like the struggles you faced as a musician sort of inspire this as well yeah 100 percent. so i graduated with like a music degree i could read and write music play trombone that was my main instrument Um, but I could sing, I could, you know, that basic keyboard stuff. I could, I love a lot of skills. Um, but music school kind of trained me how to like audition for orchestras. Mm-hmm. That was just the model that was developed for all these music schools. But there's only one orchestra in Atlantic Canada. My teacher had that job. So like I was going to school to be trained to do this thing that would automatically force me to have to like go wherever there's a job and live in the States or live wherever and 
Anyway, so I didn't want to do that. So I moved, I stayed in Halifax or came back to Halifax, but I was kind of just like having panic attacks, sitting in my room, not really knowing what to do, being good at music and just know, I didn't know it was a business. I didn't know I could be out of pitch to bands or studios or let people know I was around. And mm-hmm. um, it was really panic, especially as an introvert, like I'm not really introverted anymore, but I was really introverted at the beginning. So like, just, I was always scared. So I wasn't really up for like pushing myself and going up and just kind of doing that. Um, so, yeah, so I was just like trying to survive with like all the talent and all this panic, you know? So, and so youth work is also a nice thing, right? Cause like, there's more jobs in youth and education and community and social work and stuff. So I got a job working at the library in Spryfield as a teen services guy. And that was really cool too. But um, I kept, I'd be like nine to five there then I'd go to like sound check eventually. And then I'd for a gig in the nighttime and I'd be playing there till one or two or three in the morning, get up and go back to work. So I was, was kind of like trying to do these two separate existences that mm-hmm. didn't complement each other and that were kind of grinding against each other. Um, yeah, and I was always never really happy with either. Like music was too unstable or I was too scared. I didn't really know how to really launch that. Yep. And then youth work and community work was cool, but also it was, I was always in these systems that, I didn't have much control over. So even when I had really good ideas or listening to the youth and they wanted to do sleepover in the library and stuff like that, it was just, I had, I had no real power. So I was always like, no, no, no. I kept hearing no. So that was really frustrating. Um, yeah, so I don't, that was kind of my whole world before YAC happened. And then I, I got a chance to go to this National Youth Arts Week thing in Toronto and met, so, met all these cool organizations like doing art and community work together. Like uh, Sketch is one in Toronto, the Remix Project, the Mikhail Jean Foundation. And I started realizing, I was like, oh, you can kind of like make art and community work the same thing. And, and it kind of led to, you know, through it's a long story and like trials and errors, lots of failures and experimenting and learning. But uh, um, it's, I find it so satisfying. I don't make art. Uh, I'm like mainly a bureaucrat kind of, and or training and supporting youth and administration and grants and board. And, you know, that's kind of what I spend my time doing now, but I'm surrounded by young artists all the time. And I get to see the entrepreneurs alumni as they kind of launching their business. So full of passion and, and some of them are really starting to succeed. And, uh, the weekly hub that we run, just that kind of community of artists all coming together to support each other, to learn, to grow. Like to me, like just being around so many creative people and being a part of their journey is like almost as satisfying as creating all of my own music and art really always was. Um, and I do a little bit still on the side. I work with this guy, Will Robinson, like doing kind of music and visual art together. Like we have some really fun stuff that we still do. And I play trombone sometimes. Uh, but I find, I feel, I'm really fed just being around so many creative people all the time. So I, I don't mind doing all this accounting and all this stuff that's not really art. <laughs> Right. So, cool. So what are the different programs? So it's YAC, it's the Youth Art Collect- yeah. Collective, Collective? Or Connection, uh, sorry. Connection, yeah. There you go, Art. Art Connection. Yes, <laughs> and it has different programs. Yeah. So it's Hub, HFX, Artpreneurs, and Emerge. Is that one of the programs or... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so the entrepreneurs is usually 10 weeks of business introductory training uh, for young artists and TD sponsors that lot, but other people help. The hub is the ongoing kind of thing. So when these one-off programs or workshops or 10-week things end, there's somewhere to keep going. 
topics for sure and merge. Um, so that is music festival and conference. We'll do fashion and other arts too. And that, that we we did that largely because so many youth, so many youth didn't have a, can't really go to see shows because they're often in bars. So like when they're 15, 16, really motivated, wanted to connect and really explore the arts. Like they can't really see the people ahead of them who are really doing it in a great way often because of all those barriers, money, bars, and they're legally not allowed to be there. So, um, and also though, sometimes the development wise, like they're not quite ready. They don't have to have ready for the festival, like your EPK, your headshot, your descriptions, your even just showing up with a USB, like knowing all the things, like what the sound people do. So Emerge is really all about giving people that first experience, that learning kind of a, at a, a, you know, a nice accessible plot to perform and share that values like uh, young people's voices. Um, yeah. And then also though, that's hopefully it's like training it's their first experience so then they can move on to the jazz festival or pop explosion or festivals wherever all around the world and they can like um, have that first experience so that they can come with some experience with those other festivals and they can make mistakes that emerge uh, so that they don't have to make them at uh, <laughs> those other places that where there's more consequences. Right, right. The other, I guess, oh well, yeah, sorry. The one other thing we've done a lot of is a justice arts and youth in action. Oh, yeah, um, so we did. We've worked with the Mikael Jean Foundation quite a bit and the Art Gallery of Nova Scotia and a bunch of other uh, folks. And really with that, we did a couple of big exhibitions at the Art Gallery uh, of Nova Scotia. So our, our largest art, art gallery here. And usually it's pretty hard to access to get shows somewhere like that. Mm -hmm. um, but because the way the Mikael Jean Foundation works and some of those other partners, we we're able to open it up. So that uh, two, through two exhibitions, 20 artists uh, competed and got a thousand bucks, created art that hung in there for six months and then an exhibition all around justice topics related to different uh, identity groups. So for African Nova Scotians, for um, uh, Mi'kmaq uh, youth and artists, uh, for survivors of sexualized violence and for the LGBTQ uh, uh, IAP 2S plus community. So it was, and that was explicitly about art that dealt with justice and inequity and issues. Um, so that was really cool, we did that with them. But then, and then since then, really what we've done with Jaya is like try to connect with people who are really trying to make change with their art. It's one of the primary goals okay. and who are succeeding at it and giving them platforms. So bring them to conferences in Montreal and Toronto and Ottawa, or like when the Creative City Summit came to Halifax a couple years ago, and there's three or 400 people working in cities from across Canada, and um, we, we, we got a platform there to feature uh, seven or eight different local artists using art for social change. So it's often just that, um, basically just organizing conferences and presentations and work on the platform so that they can just kind of go and show the, do the thing that they're already doing. Mm -hmm. And so more people find out about it, right? So these amazing social change makers using poetry or photography or murals or whatever they're doing to create art, like people need to find out about them you know um, so that's basically what, what mainly what Jai is all about and with Mikael Jean people like that around who are really supportive and who have a lot of power because they're so famous uh like she and that foundation people like that like they're really good at like giving the powers that be in the room so that all this all the people that really need to be hearing all these ideas and how people are using art to make change and what their experiences are like so the right people hear it and see it and are affected by it mm -hmm. um so hopefully also in that way, these artists and activists uh, can have a direct impact. Yeah. Um, and we're a small organization, like it'd be hard for us to get all those people out. But when we partner with the Art Gallery and Mikael Jean Foundation, like that's when 
they can really help with like power in the room and uh, and platforms and access because they have like some awesome buildings, awesome connections. Uh, anyway, that's been really neat exploring how do you do that with a small youth organization with these other people and all work together to like give a platform to these incredible young change maker creatives. How do you find um, uh, some of those, the youth who maybe are distrusting of those establishments and systems yeah. and all of that, how are they reacting to collaborating in that those types of situations? I, it was probably all across the board. Uh, like I think a lot of time people really appreciate the platform and feel like they're heard and they're listened and they feel the power of that and finally, finally having some proper attention. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, it's like you are up there, you know, kind of like presenting and to all these power and like it's hard to see the benefit right so like, all right cool is there any change that's actually going to happen like did anything come of that and in you know and especially people trying to make social change don't want to end up being kind of this uh box checked off or this poster child or something for uh you know powerful people organizations that you know are there for the event and this for this fancy thing but maybe don't have their best interests at heart yeah um, you know, especially because like our society is so dominated by white male supremacy and colonization and Eurocentricity and like there's all these like deep cultural systemic problems, right? And systemic racism that are way beyond anyone's institution. It's a, our whole culture kind of has these like uh, really damaging uh, values and ideas about lots of different groups of people. Um, so yeah, so I mean, that's also the beast that's kind of what we're dealing with um so i think yeah so some people i find that find it empowering i have a really good experience and other people by doing this realize how messed up everything actually is and then i think i end up probably more pissed off <laughs> after it mm -hmm. um i don't know but i think it's just really important to do it either way because like if it doesn't if it isn't a good experience it creates tension and conversation and then that's that's like where action lies and where we can you know, talk about the stuff and we'll work through it. And if it, and there's a problem, like push each other and learn with each other and like, and grow. So, um, yeah, so I'd say it's probably positive for some people, an amazing experience. Others probably like had a negative experience or, or it's problematic. Um, either way, increase the conversation, the dialogue starts, right? And, and hopefully, even if there's a controversies arise out of it, like gets the dialogue going on and, and we're all talking about it and, and, that's what has to happen right really hard conversation really hard work has to happen if uh if we can have any hope of uh impacting like systemic problems like uh, systemic racism or homophobia or sexism or those big big problems yeah i i um i find myself grappling with that often i'm currently taking the approach of working in the system and trying to affect change that way but then i see like you know sometimes criticism comes from th that approach so yeah. it it is it is an interesting thing to uh to see which which actually ends up having the impact uh i think we can't be afraid of the criticism because like that's going to always happen if you're an yeah. activist in the streets they're going to criticize you if you're linking in between the system and the street like you know there's challenges there if you're completely inside the system trying to make change there, like there's, you know, there's gonna, it's going to be really hard uh, in all this, but all, also we kind of need everyone in all three of those areas, I think, collaborating, working together 
the people yelling outside, the people connecting, and the people totally inside. Like if we can all get on the same page and line that, line all that up, you know, then um, um, yeah, then we, maybe we really can make a change. And if, and if people aren't mad and criticizing and it's not problematic, then we're probably not really pushing hard enough, right? If it's easy, yeah, it's probably not social change. It's just kind of window dressing. You know? True, true. I I agree with that actually too because I feel like there is a need for all. There are people who like, yeah, think that protesting and and yelling and everything else is not useful. But I I disagree. I think it's needed too, just as much as this the uh, the softer edge is needed. I think with yeah, you're right. I feel like having all of them collaborating is is the way to action and change. And like my one of my biggest role models that I always look to, like Mikhail Jean does it really interestingly from inside because right? as a governor general as like the queen's representative to canada and an activist like that that was really interesting way how she did that but also like l jones is another awesome local example of a poet who spends a lot of time in community and listening mm-hmm. um, in inside like in prisons working with incarcerated people and making sure their voices are heard um, but she also does all the fancy functions and she was the poet laureate for halifax she teaches at universities you know, so like I don't know, her example to me is like an, an amazing example of somebody who is like in community with people inside prisons, works works with the prison system, works with universities, um, goes to big functions. And, you know, she's using her platform as a highly famous person, but also still staying really committed to the, the community, the kitchen tables in the street. Yes. And she's out at every protest, too, like. So I don't know, like, so I admire her so much because she's able, she somehow, she's able to like do a lot of those different things and be in systems and out of the systems and just kind of fearless too. So uh, I don't know, people like that, I think we need to look towards and aspire and like have confidence. Like, okay, like if she can do stuff like that, then maybe we can be a bit more brave ourselves and uh, pushing and yelling at the right time, but also sitting at the table and being open to, open to collaboration and conversation. Like, um, anyway, I'm a big fan of her as, as an artist, but also just the way she's fearless, you know, and uses anger at the right time, but also is like so open to talking and meeting and working and collaborating. I think she's based on love too, right? Like everything mm-hmm. for her, I guess at the end of the day, it's about love and uh, connecting. Yeah, I find it interesting too. Like uh, the amount of, because you're right, she's on, the, she's on multiple levels with it. Most people don't would probably wouldn't realize it because they may only know her from certain a- aspects. But like, I've seen the amount of hate, and she gets death threats, a lot of violence stuff, yeah. uh, stuff thrown at her yeah. because of her pu- very public criticism of systems, and um, and that's the reality. That's why everyone's so afraid to criticize the system and do the work because it, it literally puts you in danger. Yeah. But that's why we have to be there for her like so it's like to make it less dangerous like you know and then if we're threatened too then ask her for help <laughs> you know like <laughs> yeah like and, that is the reality and, yeah and to meet someone like that and realize that oh they're, they're actually a nice person it's it's uh it's crazy yeah and it's so easy to stereotype her as like you know the angry activist or something right but that's just strategic and she's, she's doing that because it needs to be done but she spends a lot of time just as a loving, caring person, supporting youth, supporting community. She told me, I did this little interview with her a while ago, and she told me that 90% of activism is listening. Mm. 
I thought that was such an interesting thing to remember is that while we try to take action and do a lot of stuff, we just spend a lot of time actually just listening and letting that inform our action. Yeah. She also said too, like, you know, around like prison, prison abolishment and stuff like that. She's like, we can totally blow up these systems. We can reinvent them. Like we created the prisons in the first place. Mm-hmm. So like, can we, but we have to have the will, I think, and the imagination to imagine the, the, the possibility of a new system. And I, I think artists are good for that too, imagining new worlds. And, and she also said too, like the other thing, I keep talking about Al, but like, I think she's a good leader for us in, in art and social change. And, and she, the last thing, thing that really stuck for me, she said, was that basically we all know how to do this work too. Like everybody literally does. If you have some, anybody in your, in your life that you love, that you would put yourself on the line for, your kids, your family, whatever, you know, if you, you know what it feels like to love, to do that, to uh, do anything for somebody to help them. She's like, that's all we need to do is just be like yeah. that with each other for everything's like do anything do whatever it takes yeah so i thought that was such a good she said like we know how to do this like yes if we can love then we can do activism so so i'm getting called to to give up your room <laughs> so if there's any one piece of advice you would have to an artist who's looking at that would you say like look at the al um al jones model as, as a good example of how you can sort of do both as a creative and an artist? I mean, and an actor? Yeah, like she's one person, but, but you know, it's just like, she's really good at the specific things in the community she's good at. So someone like her, um, but she's not the only example, right? Even like you doing this podcast, like I think we just need to look at examples and models and imitate each other and, mm-hmm. and especially be generous and like really share and, and you know, go to a limb and trust people. Sometimes you might get burned, but uh, I think we have to, support each other find those role models and that kind of thing and ask them for help and work together and trust that like we can and will work together and if one person doesn't work out it doesn't mean don't work with people or don't have role models Mm -hmm. but find those people that really make sense to you and be around them like connect with them reach out to them help them you know like i'd say to get involved take action and and from a business sense too right like you know if you love what our pays me is doing and call you like right away just like reach out and like let's get let's make it happen and don't hesitate or be afraid or don't feel like you're you're not powerful enough or good enough for some way to immediately get involved in either making money or social change and go go where the energy is you know whoever you're vibing with and resonating and like wow like get in contact with them don't be afraid of like getting getting going you know because yes. there's nothing we don't need to wait for anything we can just go now and it doesn't matter how young you are it doesn't matter you know, if you're up for it, if you have energy for it, like, like go and ask for help. Like, you know, we can all do this together. Yeah. So how can people find you if they want to uh, support what you're doing? Uh, uh, yeah, well, I guess um, Ryan Veltmeyer is on right now Facebook and LinkedIn. Okay. Um, but otherwise, most of my social media time gets eaten up with Youth Art Connection. So okay. you can find Youth Art Connection uh, on Facebook and Instagram, uh, or it's Youth Art Connect on Twitter. Yeah. Um, that's probably the easiest place, or youthartconnection.com, or sorry, youthartconnection.ca. Uh, so that's the best place to start. And then from there, you can probably find Emerge or Hub or Artpreneurs or Guy or the other kind of programs. So, Thank you so much for listening to the Art Pays Me podcast. Thank you to Lange Beats for the theme music. If you got anything out of this show, please rate, review, and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. 
The more you do this, the more reach the podcast gets and the more artists I can help learn to make a living at what they love. If you want to know more about what I do, hit me up at artpaysme.com or at artpaysme on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest. See y'all next time.